0: Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me in another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest all the way from a very sunny side of the U.S. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Ken Luna. Ken, what's up? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you, Jason? Good. Hey, what's the temperature where you're at right now?
1: So uh, it's warming up a little bit here in Orlando today. We're going to be getting up
0: to 80. Oh, man. So what a crappy it's, day. It's a tough job. Someone's got to do it. It's like I got freezing rain outside right now, so I'm not going to oh, say much. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm no. envious. I'm very envious. You're up north, so that's what you get. <laughs> hey, Ken, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and maybe don't know much about you or how you kind of got started in the industry, I love kicking off all these podcasts with a little origin story because I'm always fascinated to find out. how uh, Ken, how did you get started in this crazy little world that we call the automotive industry?
1: So I'm not going to tell you the year because <laughs> I will really be dating myself, but I've been I've been in this industry a long, long time, uh, focused strictly on automotive technology. I got into it. Um, way back when, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, there used to be a company called cars incorporated Mm -hmm. and, uh, they hired me right out of college. I went to university of Alabama, Birmingham, uh, back when we were actually part of the university of Alabama roll tide. (laughs) Uh, so, um, So from there, uh, my entire career has focused around providing uh, technology solutions to the automotive industry. Uh, Just to give you a clue how far back I go, I go all the way back to accounting and parts inventory being done by paper tape (laughs) and being mailed in. And um, then from there, the advent of in-house computer systems Back when we had systems that were 64K of memory and 10 <laughs> megabytes of storage.
0: And you did a lot so, of uh, faxing, right? A lot of faxing. Uh, you know, we did <laughs> we did
1: a lot of fun things. A lot of great stories that uh, maybe a separate podcast would be interesting just to talk about the early days of automotive uh, mm-hmm. processing. But anyway, um, fast forward, uh, you know, the last seven years uh, have been focused, uh, helped get Credit Miner up and running off the ground. Our sister company, View the Reprocess. We were part of them at that point, spin off, spun off into our own company. And ever since then, we've been growing and expanding. And our focus now is providing a number of different API solutions uh, for the automotive industry.
0: And you guys do have some really cool API solutions out there. And a lot of it's kind of around credit, hence the the name. Um, yep. but- you were bringing up a topic when you reached out to me, you're like, Hey Jay, I want to talk about this topic. I'm like, yeah, I don't think we've talked about this one. And, you know, I've done 400, almost 500 podcasts. And I'm trying to think, I don't think we've ever really talked about how dealerships kind of protect themselves from credit fraud, uh, credit fraud, because it's a real, real thing. Like you were sharing a number uh, that uh, we, as an industry, how much fraud we deal with. What was that number again?
1: So, um, First of all, we'll differentiate between fraud and synthetic fraud, which is going to really be the focus. So synthetic fraud alone, and the numbers vary depending upon where you're getting the data from. But uh, Point Predictive, which I hold in high regard in this industry, uh, basically stated that in a recent automotive news article that the hit to automotive last year was over a billion dollars and specifically in synthetic fraud. Trans unions is a little bit lower than that, but it's still way up there.
0: I mean, that that's crazy. I mean, just think about that for a second. Like that, that that's nuts as an industry. Now I understand that as a dealership, maybe we don't deal with a lot of that upfront because we are kind of the middleman here, right? We, we're setting, we're setting up the transaction. We're selling the car. All right. And we're, we're, we're in between the client and the bank and organizing and kind of maintaining that transaction through. And a lot of this fraud is something that happens, you know, after, and we don't always get to see that, but that's a huge, huge number, but I definitely think there are ways that, and strategies that we can protect ourselves from it. And that's pretty much what we're going to talk about today. But to your point, let's talk about the different types of, of fraud, because, you know, I gotta be honest with you, uh, you. When you first sent me that article about synthetic fraud, uh, I'll be totally honest with you. I was like, oh, synthetic oil? What was that? Are they are are they are they cheating people? Are they (laughs) well because I it was just synthetic fraud is not a term that I associated with the automotive industry. I know so so for everybody out there watching and listening, let's let's explain that a little bit more.
1: So, you know, just a little bit of background on this specific subject is that, you know, we've been associated with credit bureaus for Uh, for some time now, uh, and mainly uh, on soft credit pulls and a few other things that they have done, but never really focused that much on uh, the fraud piece of it Mm -hmm. until about a year ago when uh, uh, specifically TransUnion uh, reached out to us, explained what they were doing in the synthetic fraud front, which at that point I had no idea what the difference was either, Uh, I know a lot now that I didn't know a year ago, and, um, you know, their focus has been with the lenders, but um, uh, there was a conduit that was needed to go out to the industry from an API standpoint for their solution for synthetic fraud, and um, they have something called a synthetic fraud score, uh, which, uh, ironically, does a really good job of catching What we call the normal type of fraud, where somebody is pretending to be somebody else, someone's faking, Mm -hmm. just you know, very simply faking a driver's license, or you know, it's it's they're kind of pretending to be someone else. That's where a lot of the what I call the regular fraud occurs, and the synthetic fraud score that is provided by the bureaus does a pretty good job of catching that. Um, if it's used. So a lot of dealers don't have that at all. They just think that they can catch it on their own. Um, And the thing is, is in your, you know, you're in the dealership environment, you're, you're selling cars, you're busy, and you're not focused. And that's where the fraudsters take advantage of the dealership is because they're not paying attention to the details and making sure the person is who they say they are because they're anxious to sell a car, especially these days. When the car sales are so precious and the inventory is so low,
0: can, can so, you give me a, give me an example
1: Ken, of when
0: so it was
1: funny we just the other day our sister company dealer reprocess there was a one of the uh, representatives yesterday was telling me about a dealership that had gotten a car and they they lost the car mm-hmm. uh, and this was the this was simple fraud where someone was pretending to be a doctor. Uh, I think this was up in the northeast, and there was they had somehow gotten a hold of the doctor's identity, uh, had gotten a fake driver's license, wow. which are readily available online. By the way, uh, they're predominantly used by kids, you know, trying to be. Wait, wait! You can get fake
0: not... IDs online now. Oh, absolutely! You mean I didn't have to pay Jimmy Morrison a hundred bucks no. just to get a fake ID? I mean, no, that was just big bu- no, just
1: Google, kidding. Google, fake. <laughs> driver's license and uh they're mainly overseas and you there's a number of websites where you can and they're pretty good they're not you know they're not perfect obviously And we're going to discuss that here in a little bit as to how you can combat that but they're they're good enough to where uh they'll get you in a club if you're 17 (laughs) and they're good enough if uh you know, you're trying to buy a car, and wow. the dealership is not really paying attention. Mm-hmm. So so that's the regular, but still, that's what I refer to as regular fraud, and that's kind of what happened to this dealer. Uh, he, and, and it was a Highline dealer, and uh, he lost probably $100,000 on this transaction. So, um, uh, it, you know, that particular type of fraud has been around for quite some time, Uh, What what the score, the synthetic fraud score does um, is uh, go, there's a database, all the bureaus have a database, and this particular, when you take the name and address of the individual, uh, then what happens is it matches up against this database, and it looks for different things like recently moved, address doesn't match, phone number doesn't match, um, you know, uh, number of transactions within a short period of time. I mean, there are a mm-hmm. lot of different features. And, and the other thing is these scores um, are relatively inexpensive. I mean, they're not, they don't cost that much. There's two different types. There's the FCRA score that's tied to some sort of credit pool. It's actually a little bit stronger than the GLBA, um, which is the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act. They named that this particular type pool <laughs> after that. And it's, uh, it hit, hits all the databases just like the uh, financial one does, but uh, the the GLBA doesn't have financial info, but it's still pretty extensive.
0: So, from uh, my understanding, you know th- these scores are uh, uh, they're telling us that this person is who this person says they are, right? So, what is, what is, they're is, basically is it, that's what doing it's based is based off of.
1: Yeah, they're they're like alarms, and gotcha. the, we we like. The thing we like about them and the fact that we're tying them to the soft credit pull is you want to know as early as possible that this person may not be who they say they are, of course. So, uh, you get an early warning, uh, it, you know, when you're dealing with someone, especially when you do a soft pull and let's say you don't get a match, uh, maybe because they're not who they say they are, <laughs> and then you also get this fraud score, and the fraud scores typically range from 100. To one thousand, and the high. Unlike the credit score, it's backwards. The higher the score on the synthetic fraud, uh, the more likely it is that this person is a fraudster. So, so rolling from that regular fraud into synthetic fraud. Remember, the one billion dollar number was specifically synthetic fraud. Mm-hmm. So, what synthetic fraud is? is where, and, and it's normally not an individual doing this. It's normally some sort of organized crime group in a local, regional, or even national level that knows how to trick the credit bureaus, is what sure. they're doing. And the way they do it is they create a fake identity. It's a couple, there's a number of different ways they do this. They'll, they'll actually tag on to somebody's other credit. I think they'll pay them Saying, "Hey, I notice you've got a Visa card. I'll give you five hundred bucks if you let me get a card, you know, under you know under my name, but also associated with your card." And they will they'll wow. do that. A lot of people go, "Sure, well, why not?" No skin off my nose. So uh, there are other ways they do it. Some of the hacks you see, some of the hacks on hospitals. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the valuable information that comes out of the hospital hacks are Social Security numbers of babies. That were recently born, uh, they wow. use those socials in a lot of these fake identities because um, you know they'll they'll have that name, they'll have that particular association, and no one's you know no one's checking the credit of you know a two two week old
0: child. Okay, now that's so, crazy. You know you've got it's
1: it's pretty amazing, and <laughs> what they do is they build this identity over a long period of time. Okay. This is not a short. Uh, build, if you will, they'll take a year to even two years to build up an identity on somebody uh, with a fake address, even though it might be a real address, but they might be using a post office box uh, in tandem. Uh, they've got credit cards that they open up under this entity and spend money, you know, and, and pay the bills. I mean, just like, they, you know, they don't they don't go for the little stuff. They're building an identity here that's not real. For sure. And once they get to the point that they're ready to buy the vehicle, the bureaus think this is a real person. And even the synthetic fraud score, as they call it, uh, will not necessarily catch this individual because they think they're real.
0: Um, So that's, that's some pretty advanced fraud. I mean, that takes some time to your point. I mean, you're talking a year, maybe even two years to create this profile that they can use. I mean, what percentage of the fraud are dealers seeing that of that level of, of, of design? I
1: don't, I don't know that anyone's tracked that mm-hmm. because um, that's a good question, but I think it's certainly increasing because it's a lot more damaging. The other type fraud, the regular fraud is basically easier to catch. I'm not saying it's always caught, mm-hmm. but and, and some of the examples that TransUnion showed me of the regular fraud, fraud which are comical. I mean, where someone would use <laughs> yeah. someone's name and it's the driver's like- license had somebody else's name on it, you know, or the pictures, <laughs> you know, the person who walked in that's- the door was a man and the driver's license was a woman. You know, I mean, you that's pretty you bad.
0: That. That's 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 pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. As as a dealer, I'm just kind of curious, like, what would you say maybe three to five things that as a dealer we can put into our processes to eliminate as much of this as possible?
1: Well, I'm prejudiced, but I would definitely <laughs> use a synthetic, you know, I, I would use the score. But even beyond that, uh, one of the newer technologies that's now coming out that, uh, that we're building an API for the industry, for any, you know, solution in the industry to use is uh, what they call document verification. So what it does, and it will catch the synthetic fraudsters, is what it does is a text link is sent to the smartphone of the individual that uh, is looking to buy a car, either online or even if they walk in through the front door. And what happens is, is within this protocol, they're asked to take a selfie of the front and back of their driver's license Mm -hmm. and a selfie of themselves. Um, and then that information, uh, a lot of magical things happen. At least I think they're pretty cool. First, the, the selfie, the biometrics are done on that particular picture that is taken to make sure that's a real person's, what they call proof of life. Then that particular biometric is matched up against the picture on the driver's license. And then also all the watermarks on the driver's license are checked. To make sure that this is a valid, you know, state issued driver's license, mm-hmm. and then all of that data is sent into the same database that the synthetic fraud uh, database uses already on the score, except this time, you know, we're going beyond just looking at a database. We're looking at, uh, you know, proof of life, making sure this person is who they say they are, making sure that the license is valid, that you simply cannot do you know, simply with the score itself. So, um, so it's highly effective. It's being used by a number of banks already. Uh, it is, um, there's some manufacturers that are looking at this and uh, the, bringing this out to the industry from a dealership standpoint is really the critical point because the dealers are the ones who get stuck with the synthetic fraud or really any fraud it's not not the lenders yes you know, you know it the the lender you know and what happens with synthetic fraud especially is the car is sold you think that was a real person and you don't know until months down the road that uh this you know that you've been had just when they when that first payment's not made That's when you find out, and that's probably 60, 90 days before someone gets nasty and says, okay, we need you to pay us. Is is that about
0: about how long it takes? I mean, because it's not, this is not something quick. I mean, it's something we find. No, so what happens
1: is, think about it. They buy the car, Uh they drive off in the car, the dealer's got a deal, they've sent the deal in, and they think they're done. (laughs) And then, you know, the bureaus, you know, did the credit check, matched, everything looked great. uh, And then, you know whoever financed that vehicle, you know, after 30 days, 45 days, uh, they send the first bill. They don't get paid after 30 days after that. Mm -hmm. And then they get nasty about it. And it's 30 days after that, that they finally really get nasty. I mean, you could be three to four months into it before you realize, uh uh-oh, you know, what's going on here. And that's what's bad about synthetic fraud. It's not like someone stealing the car off of your lot, where you can report it to the cops right then. Yes, You know, this is something that's way down the road that you find out where you've been had.
0: Yeah, this is uh, not like, um. I remember, I was like 18 months into the business. I have a guy who shows up on the lot, wants to drive this used Lincoln Navigator that we have, right? And, yeah. okay, sure, no problem, we go for a test drive. I think we get about four or five miles away from the dealership, see he pulls over, I'm like, is something wrong? I have a gun, you need to get out of the car. Oh. Okay, sure, no problem. wow yeah it's not it's not that like we're talking about a whole like that one's pretty easy that one's pretty straightforward right like we can identify processes but but (laughs) but I'm saying like big things like that as an industry big things like that like I mean quickly within weeks after that happening to me and and it wasn't as dramatic as it sounds I was simply like yeah this car is absolutely not worth my life in any way or form Please go Sorry. ahead and take it. Please go ahead and take it. And I, no. I, I, you know, and at that time, I, you know, cell phones weren't really that big of a deal, so I didn't have a cell phone with me, so I had to walk the five miles back to the dealership with no car. And at first, everyone was pretty wow. upset. Like, what had you happened? And then I explained to them. Um, but, but, but as an industry, what we do when something big like that happens, uh, we can immediately put processes in place to combat that. But when we're talking about what we're talking about here. It's not something big and smacks you across the face and it can take, you know, 30, 40, 60 days, uh, 90 days and plus sometimes to, you know, to, to even identify what are some great processes um, outside of that. Now, the one piece of tech you were talking about, actually, I just recently had an experience on, by the way, I uh, rented a, uh, a big RV from me and my family and I didn't rent it through an RV rental company. I did one of those kind of like Airbnbs for your RV. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, I think the outdoorsy, I think, was the app, right? And I was like, hey, this is cool. A, it's a lot cheaper. Um, you know, B, there was just a lot of additional models I would have never even thought about, you know, renting. So I did that. And through the app process, I had to scan my face. I had to submit a couple of documents. They actually had to verify that I was like a real person and really who I was. So I, I just recently experienced exactly what you're talking about. So that's super cool. Uh, but sorry, going back to processes. Sometimes I go squirrel. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to process, what what would you say a handful of processes are that dealerships can input now that can protect us from synthetic fraud?
1: Well, uh, synthetic fraud tough. Yes, it is because we have a you know it. Dealerships are in kind of a tough spot because they're out there trying to sell cars, exactly, and they're not wanting to needlessly piss somebody off who's trying to buy a car from them (laughs) so it's a delicate balance you know when you're uh, asking for this information uh, trying to get information on somebody Uh, so i would say the more technology you can use to verify uh, that this person is who they say they are now we're prejudiced but we believe in our entire offerings revolve around Specific points of data that identify individuals and give information to the dealership about them. Obviously, there's the soft credit pull, but that alone is not going to verify whether someone is who they say they are or mm-hmm. not. Um, I would say that collecting the proper documents, which all dealerships do, but pay attention to them. You know, look at the driver's license. Make sure you know, that it looks like a real license and a fake one can look like a real license, but still take a little bit of time. Some of the ones that are coming across dealerships are not very well done and they can catch them if they're not in a hurry. So uh, I'd say behind the scenes, make sure that you're basically making sure this person is who they say they are with the proper documents. And then you use technology, solve credit pools, help, fraud the the fraud scores that are provided by the bureaus they certainly help there's other technologies out there that different vendors have that help with identifying this individual Uh, and then the ultimate is the uh, document verification and the 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 selfie systems that are coming to uh, to the market which you know we're one of Right now, I think we're the only vendor that's got the API for this, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be more coming uh, and different companies being able to provide that as part of their suite of solutions.
0: Yeah, look, I I think at the end of the day, it's worth having a conversation about. Right. And, you know, if if it hasn't if it hasn't happened to you, you know, it's not something that I would think to have a conversation about. I got to be honest with you, I, I, I don't think I've sat down with my F&I managers in the past and had just a roundtable discussion around fraud and, you know, what systems and what processes are we putting in place to ensure that we're doing our part, you know, because this does impact us and this can impact us in many different ways. I'm sure you probably have a few examples of how it impacts a dealership and their operations, no?
1: Well, think of this as a disease. So, you know, and it is. It's a it's a disease that our industry has, and just like a regular disease, you may not have this disease in your family, or but you probably know somebody who's had it. Uh, and uh, pretty much every car dealer has had to deal with some sort of fraud, somebody trying to fool them into thinking that there's somebody else. But this synthetic fraud takes it to another level. So some examples, uh, There's. uh, I'll give you uh, an example of one that recently happened in the Chicago area. And there was actually an article in Automotive News about it, about a fraud ring that was uh, hitting dealerships uh, in the Chicago area with really high-level fake documents, high-level information making the dealers think that they were who they say they were. Now, they got caught. They didn't go into the details, but uh, you know, just Google uh, fraud dealerships and a bunch of information will come up. There's a group down in Texas that recently got hit with this. And I'll bet your viewers, uh, for the most part, either have experienced some form of fraud or know somebody who has and probably – I mean, billion is a billion dollars is a pretty high number. Is. Uh, probably no of that's happening too. It's just not something you hear a lot about because quite frankly, you know, when a dealer gets taken, uh, they don't advertise it. No, uh, you know, it's, no. it's not something that you're proud of. It's something that you're going to be angry about if I'm a dealer and you know, why didn't, why did, what the hell happened here? But uh, it's, you know, unless it's like a crime ring and the, reporter happens to find out about it from, you know, the law enforcement or whatever, it, it, it's, it's something you just don't hear a lot about, but it's there and
0: it's huge. Oh no, it is. And look, it, like, it's all about just being proactive. And that's really what we're talking about here. There, yep. there, there, are some, there's some great processes that and, and strategies that you can implement, you know, with your team at the dealership, there's some amazing technologies that you know if if you're not currently using you can definitely look into there's a low cost of entry with it but it it does make a big deal as far as being proactive against uh, fraud and synthetic fraud hey for everybody out there that's watching listening right now Ken, and maybe like to connect with you and continue this great conversation that we've been having what's the best way to do so
1: well there's a couple different ways i would recommend one uh, I have a very strong presence on LinkedIn. So please, you know, if you're interested in linking up with me, and I'm constantly uh, pumping out uh, industry articles in general, but also articles on fraud, synthetic fraud, and other technologies uh, in the industry. And then my email address is kluna at ecreditminer.com. And our website is ecreditminer.com. And I would invite anyone who'd like to take a look at the the API offerings that we provide. uh, Please visit our site at your convenience.
0: Awesome. Hey, Ken, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me. This has been a lot of fun. You have yourself an amazing day.
1: Thanks, Jason. You do too, buddy.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris don't want to miss new content be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know remember to like comment and subscribe happy podcasting